0: us I'm Stephanie and I'm Igby and we are the cheesepic queens the <laughs> welcome 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 we are the Cheese Queens. if you are new to this podcast Cheese means gossip and we have all the gossip we have all the tea about married at first sight today we're covering season 15 episode 11 but before we do that Igby. Do you have any cheesemith?
1: You know I do. <laughs> it's not good, but I have it.
0: <laughs> I'll take it. Whether it's piping hot or lukewarm, I'm going to take
1: that cheesemith. <laughs> well, let's start with the lukewarm. <laughs> Just a casual observation. I was in the Instagram streets and I saw your friend, Virginia,
0: oh, no, not looking my
1: friend. wild. <laughs> you know, that's your homegirl.
0: Was this a story or was it on her gram?
1: It was on her gram. Okay. So she's at Imagine Fest, I believe is the name of the festival. Um, I looked at the lineup for the whole weekend and did not recognize the name of a single performing act, so I don't know anything about this festival. I think it's EDM Music, which would explain why I have no idea what or who any of these people are. Yeah. But... Your girl is trying to turn some looks and is being unsuccessful, in my personal opinion.
0: All right. I see this look here where she's wearing um, like some running shorts.
1: The like biker shorts with the cowboy boots.
0: Yeah, right. They're like biker shorts, running shorts with some cowboy boots and um, a gold kind of, I wouldn't say fringe bra and lots of wrinkles on her forehead. She looks
1: bad.
0: It does. This is like like if your grandma had a decent body.
1: <laughs> Damn, because it's accurate. And
0: was try- right? If your grandma had a decent body and was trying to go to your festival without your knowledge. Uh,
1: now I have to look up how old she is because... <laughs> there's no way she's still in her like 20s yes she has to be because wasn't that was a whole thing like she was so much younger than eric
0: yeah Ugh. that forehead
1: 26 mm.
0: and that's because she's like posting in her stories like um she goes to see some like facial people and whatever and she's always getting work done i'm like where where
1: where <laughs> wow she look old as i old. look younger than her <laughs>
0: I mean, it's the, I think it's the boozing and it's the late nights, but we did that when we were in our twenties and we exactly. were like ancient. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. She's maybe she's doing this on a whole nother level, like an unhealthy level. Cause we were in the streets well, every I mean, weekend and during the week, but I don't know.
1: I don't know. I don't know how it, we did it. I, I don't know how we live. <laughs> <laughs> we made it though. We survived. Okay. Well, sorry, Virginia but oh, bless your i heart. couldn't I couldn't let that go past. you posted it, so <laughs> it's my place to comment on it. and that's why my Instagram page is private. <laughs> the bike shorts
0: it, kill me They kill me
1: <laughs> like it doesn't even go
0: it doesn't it's it just, just doesn't
1: dumb looking How about like it's not even a look.
0: Jean booty shorts there you go would have been a hundred times better.
1: I think her outfit from today is better. I didn't see. It. it seems to be more put together. It's fringe.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, it, like I said, that top wasn't fringe, but it was definitely a, lots of pieces on it.
1: Yeah, I don't know what to call it. It's not tassels. Mm. It's not no. fringe. It's like I'm doing a hand motion that's not helping anybody. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, let's let's move on before we, you know, expedite our, our one way ticket to hell. So,
1: baby, I'm going first class. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I've been booked. Well, speaking of Instagram, Mirla is giving us a little bit of a tease. You know, she's been apparently in this relationship for a moment, and she's slowly but surely teasing little pieces of her man. So this week she had up a reel of um, the two of them in bed with this, like, light-up I-love-you balloon, but it was, like, veiled in the dim light of the television so you can see him but you can't really see him and it's like okay Mirla we get it calm down <laughs> did you see her and Rachel with Dr. Viviana yesterday oh because of the book tour right yeah and some brand deal some store they were all promoting mm-hmm. so I'm like, I think that's interesting they still mess with Viviana even though she's no longer part of the show yeah I think
0: and it's because Viviana's not help them no not at all um viviana (laughs) is probably just really savvy to me that's how she she portrays herself she's real savvy business-wise so she's like what will bring more people to my book signing is these two is it i mean like it or not they have they have a decent following especially it's probably you know predominantly houston so and then viviana's from houston so there's that too
1: it's smart well well speaking of houston uh, your boy Jose was out shooting something new in Dallas. Not my boy. <laughs>
0: you
1: know oh. that if you're homie. How you about I don't Jose. like
0: I wish like I'd like somebody so I can <laughs> be like yep that's my boy.
1: <laughs> no but no. Those are the people that stay quiet and mind their own business. That's true. <laughs> So, well, I don't know. He didn't really expand on what exactly he was shooting or what it's for, but it looked like a legit production. You know, there was hair and makeup, real deal cameras, all that. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe I there's have a no special. Maybe there's a special. We don't know any. But what would he have to do with it? Mm-hmm. I don't know either. And since we're still talking about the Houston cast, do you remember Gil's cute friend, Christian? Mm-mm. He was the one that, like, was always... He was like his default show friend that was always the one that came around when they have to do those. So what's going on with your marriage? Like update things. No, I don't remember. (laughs) Goldfish He must not have been cute to you.
0: (laughs) I don't know. Well, he was cute to me.
1: And he just so happened to pop up on my timeline. And I was like, who is this? And I was like, oh, it's Gil's friend. It came up as like a related post. So apparently... He, he doesn't, he didn't say which month he is, but he's in a uh, Houston Firefighters 2023 calendar. <laughs> uh, it looks like it's a fundraiser for Texas Heroes Advocating Autism Research. Okay. So that's where all the proceeds are going. 25 bucks if you want to see some Hottie firemen. There's also a female version if that's what you're into. So okay. there's something out there for everybody, but I thought it was just, very interesting. I was like, "Who is this man with no clothes on?" <laughs> oh, it's Gil's friend. Oh, hello. Um, I don't normally follow thirst traps like that on the Instagram, <laughs> so it stuck out. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> I don't.
0: Um, as of right now, Gil should be in that weird Senegal trip, right?
1: Yeah, he he's taking be- over the um Instagram for the company that's putting it on tomorrow. I saw. Oh, okay. Hmm. So monday the 19th is that tomorrow yes.
0: yeah oh how interesting maybe i will tune in just to see what kind of ridiculousness kind of it is yeah just like <laughs> why who would pay for this mm. no problem. it's just him <laughs> it's just him and then people who are already there Looks like hey can you come can you come sit by me real quick Go buy you a drink <laughs> oh, let's see what else we got here
1: um oh your other friend Ugh. chris aka repossessed
0: Absolutely not. Not my
1: friend. (laughs) He put up a post suggesting that him and the former cast members of this show from previous seasons should get together and file a class action suit against Married at First Sight because they're making millions of dollars off of them and they're made, they made peanuts, basically. Okay. But you knew that's how much it was paying and you said, okay.
0: Yeah. Signed
1: a contract.
0: It's been one of the most popular reality TV shows for a long time. So, a I guess you didn't do your research before you signed that dotted line. Two, you signed a d- dotted line, so you knew what was up. And three, it's probably ironclad, so you can't sue them. So,
1: there you go, one, two, three. All right. <laughs> what a like dumbass? <laughs> and it's like, if you're so successful, why why is this your scam?
0: Right? If, if you're, you're so doing successful. So well. Yeah. If why why is this even a thing with you now? And he's gained a bunch of followers probably since then. So he's probably using what he the clout he did gain, if he got any, um, you know, for his advantage. So there you go. You got paid and you got long term benefits.
1: Well, not according to him. The last thing I have is an anniversary announcement. Ooh. You know, I always say this show does work every once in a while so I do like to acknowledge when it does so Steph and AJ from season eight which was Philadelphia just celebrated their fourth wedding anniversary
0: wow cool
1: yeah I mean like we said every once in a while it works so it seems to be working for them so congratulations on four years
0: nice congrats pretty
1: good chunk but that's all I got this week just a random spattering of ridiculousness
0: (laughs) That works. Okay, I got a little bit. Let's see. First, Mark the Shark is on to supposedly bigger and better things. He has been a manager at Chick-fil-A Brockton for a bit. And he did this long thank you, goodbye post to, um, I guess, the owners first off who um, hired him. And then to all the employees he called the Varsity Squad because he's still stuck in high school. And, um, yeah, so he's moving on up but he was really coy about what exactly he's going to do so there's that he said that he is starting his new gig on the 19th which is two so i'm sure he'll be on instagram posting and plugging wherever he's at where do you think mark is going um <laughs> or it doesn't have to be plant fitness again <laughs> did he plant work at planet fitness? fitness i think so oh what if him what's his name Mike and Olajuwon all came start together gym. and started a
1: gym together. Could be. I mean, <laughs> I've heard worse. Ideas. Right? <laughs> and that's what they're all doing anyway. Pull that's your all money.
0: With... Yep. And then it, the
1: married and at first sight gym.
0: They get all, you know what? But they all love each other now. But when they work together and money's involved, they're going to hate each other. If that's the right. But very curious to see where he ends up.
1: Especially considering that Mark apparently isn't the best with money.
0: Um, a hundred percent. He's not in charge. Did we even
1: talk (laughs) about that? How Lindsay was saying he, like, blew through all his, like, um, all the, like, life insurance money and stuff from his parents?
0: Oh, you didn't say that. I know you reported on her live, but you didn't mention that.
1: Oh, yeah. That's what she did. Yikes.
0: Um, next thing I have, Married at First Sight fan posted all, like, she tallied up all the appearances of the after-party guests. Who do you think has the most? This is just 10 episodes, so not counting this week. I
1: feel like Nate's on there a lot. Stasha's on there a lot. Actually, no. is on there a lot. So, Tree. I
0: can't believe you're <laughs> using his nickname. But, yes. Because I hate it so much. Tree, a.k.a. Justin, is tied with five episodes with Stasha. Stasha and Tree have the same amount. Least... Who do you think?
1: Well, we haven't seen Morgan or Lindy.
0: Actually, Morgan's been on there twice, and Lindy, really? yeah, Lindy and Miguel are probably the smartest ones and have only gone one time. Mm. I feel like Justin is there the most because he has he's trying to like do some damage control because he's fucking probably. crazy. <laughs> but just thought that was interesting. And then lastly, just a small thing: Mitch was sighted. But with no Kristen. He was eating alone, reading his iPad, and the person who spotted him noted that he didn't use any single plastics at the restaurant. And um, her fiancé convinced her not to not to go approach him, because he said that
1: would be weird. <laughs> Probably smart. I think so.
0: But yeah, it was kind of dry up in here but maybe we'll get some more juicy stuff this this week
1: maybe so
0: and if y'all have any cheese meh, feel free to send it to us on our social media you can dm us on instagram at cheese mcqueens podcast and on twitter at cheese mcqueens on wednesdays igby live tweets the episode so you can catch her there and it's always a good time Also, if you can do us a solid and rate, review, subscribe, and share our podcast so other chismosas can find us. It really helps us out. Um, But, yeah. Anything else, Igby? She's she's shaking her head. So, that's (laughs) enough. This is a podcast. So, usually words are involved.
1: (laughs) That's why I did it.
0: (laughs) All right. Let's get started. Married at First Sight Season 15 Episode 11. Igby hit me with a title.
1: Back to our future. Get it? Got it.
0: Where we're going, there are no rules. All right. Get started. Let's see. Let's do the group outing. Since he was right off the bat, which was surprising. They usually don't do that.
1: Yeah, they don't. I, you know how I feel about the group meetings. I hate them so much. And then when they have set up like this. Yeah. And then like the super group meeting where they're trying to stuff all like 20 of them in one little room and it's just like ridiculous so the girls are meeting at Mitch and Kristen's apartment they sit down and the ladies say that they miss Morgan because she's been MIA and she says that she's talked to Alexis and she feels like she's being lied to and things are going on behind her back she doesn't know what it is exactly but she says it was a really big deal for her to forgive Ben for everything that went down on the honeymoon. And then to find out that he's still doing it and still talking to Justin about their relationship is just a stab in the back, basically. All he has to do is talk to her. She feels that it's always about him and that the reason that he's lying is that he's trying to save face and validate himself with other people. He's trying to give his best version of himself to everyone and that varies between each person. So at this point, Morgan says she doesn't know who Ben even is. We get a voiceover from Lindy who says that Ben is in a place in his life where he's trying to figure out what he needs and who he wants to be. And that's not the place that you should be in when you're getting married to the stranger. You should have some self-assurance. And at this point, Morgan tells the girls that her and Ben are officially separated and that she has moved out of the apartment. And they all act like they're totally shocked. Mm and they all give you know their little apologies about the breakup and stasha asks if ben is even fighting for it or is he just accepting it as over and morgan says she can't tell either way he hasn't tried to reach out they haven't talked talked to each other since the incident he's done nothing so there's that morgan says she's at a point where she feels like she just has to defend herself because he's going to keep lying She says she knows that he's meeting up with the guys right now and God knows what he's saying. Kristen uh, says like in an ITM that she knows Morgan and the Morgan she met at the bachelorette party is a woman that wanted to be a wife and wants to be married and who brings a lot to the table. But she feels like Morgan is just tired at this point and maybe needs some help to get things back on track. Now the boys are at Stasha and Nate's apartment. And they come. Ben comes right out of the gate and says he's been lying about talking to Justin, about Morgan behind her back, and then lying to her face. He says that when they argue, he can't even get a word in because she's so strong, and that's making him frustrated. He also says that if he says the wrong thing, she's not forgiving at all. So at this point, he's really walking on eggshells and mincing his words, holding things in, and it's becoming a ticking time bomb. Ben says that he feels like he has no one to talk to and that's why he went behind her back. Mitch chimes in and is like, well, you know, we're going through this crazy situation. It should be normal for you to want to talk to your friends. And if she's against that, then that's her problem. We see in an ITM Justin saying that there's no excuse for Ben lying to Morgan, but it's not like he cheated or something. Uh, It shouldn't be as big of a deal as she's making it, basically. Uh, He said... Morgan isn't ready to be married, in his opinion, because if she's looking, for, she's looking for someone to listen to her and for her to vent to, but she doesn't want to reciprocate that. Mm-hmm. So Justin feels like it's all about her. And when they cut back to the guys, Ben says that they need to talk to Dr. Pepper. Uh, that's supposed to happen the next day, and hopefully they can hash things out. Mitch asks if they do speak with Dr. Pepper and Morgan kind of, I don't know, the light bulb turns on and she figures out she's the one like tripping and being unfair is, and she's willing to work on their relationship. What's going to happen? Where's he Yeah. Uh, ben says he's willing to see it through to the eight weeks and make a decision on decision day at the end. He says that the first few days that they were separated, he couldn't sleep. He's lost weight. He's breaking out. So obviously the situation has him stressed a little bit, mm-hmm. but- at this point, Kristen gets the bright idea all by herself, totally not influenced by production at all. This is 100% her own idea. She's like, let's go over to Nate and Stasha's apartment and see what the boys are talking about. So then we see them all barging into the apartment and the boys all acting surprised like, whoa, what are you guys doing here?
0: Although Ben looks um, visibly uncomfortable.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, you think?
0: <laughs> like maybe he was not on in on this. <laughs>
1: So once they all get settled, Miguel starts by asking Morgan, what's her breaking point? She says that Ben broke her trust the first time on the honeymoon. And what stood out to her in particular was about him making a big deal about lying, saying he doesn't believe in lying, even little white lies are no, no, yada, yada, yada. Mm -hmm. And to find out that he's been lying the entire time is some bullshit, basically. Mm -hmm. So they ask her what Ben has been lying about and she says he's been going to Justin and telling them, telling all their business about their relationship and then telling her that he has not said a word about anything to anyone.
0: And that's the biggest part. And I think people are judging Morgan a lot about how she's acting. And I think overall people are just annoyed because this has been drawn out for I don't know how many episodes. So we're kind of tired. Yeah, I mean, we're tired of hearing about it, one. But two, she's made out to be the villain. People are even comparing her to, like, Alyssa. But at the end of the day, she asked her husband not to do something, and he did it anyway.
1: Repeatedly.
0: Repeatedly. Like, every day. (laughs) So, yes, it's annoying, but she does have a point. And then on on his end, I do feel bad for him because she's not listening, and she is not giving him a chance to have a conversation. He is scared to have a conversation with her, so I feel for him too. But I hate, I don't like them, so just I guess I just don't care that much. <laughs> and I, it's it's just fatigue on the viewer at the end of the day because it's it's just we've we've already been talking about this. We're done with this. But anyway,
1: uh, but yeah, uh, she says that. That all he really needed to do was, for example, say, you know, today was a bad day. I really needed to vent to Justin, so I told him X, Y, Z. Z." Mm -hmm. And then she would understand. That's literally all he had to do. Yeah. But once he was caught, he wouldn't admit to it. Mm -hmm. And then he says that he can agree. And this is when Nate jumps in to hold Morgan's feet to the fire and says, okay, what's up with the hostility? Ben's been cool, calm, collected. And... we're seeing is like big bad boss morgan
0: but are we like i feel like she wasn't yelling or anything i think that's his misogynistic undertones there because she's not yelling she's literally explaining herself
1: yeah she was more aggressive in her one-on-one with ben than she was in this
0: yeah 100 percent. i don't
1: know we get a voiceover where nate is saying that morgan has a the personality of never being satisfied. So no matter what Ben does, it's not gonna be good enough. But That's Ben true. needs <laughs> ben needs to voice his opinion and be firm and not let Morgan overpower him. So when it cuts back to the group, Morgan says that since they're in this unique situation, she feels like Ben should have had her back more than anyone did and he didn't. Ben says that he recognizes his faults in the situation and that he came into this whole thing really naive. He said, I guess, in the matchmaking process, there were a lot of questions about whether you could handle someone with a strong personality or handle someone that's not within your same culture. And in his mind, he thought it would be easy, but it's not. It's not all sunshines and rainbows like he thought it was going to be. Mm -hmm. He also has learned that he has some past traumas that he has not healed from. So like they say, how can you make someone else happy when you're not happy yourself? He says he does feel bad and that ultimately this led him to sign up for therapy to help heal some of the things that he talked about. So I, that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, but in the end we get an ITM where Ben says that he understands that she's hurt and that she feels scorned, but he's still trying at the end of the day. Yeah. So I don't know what's going to happen with these two. I do. Well, I mean, I do too, but
0: it <laughs> <laughs> ain't going to work out. <laughs> There's I mean, like, a, a train, train the- to nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> this is bad. You know, someone did bring up um, Asian culture. The person who posted, I forget where I saw it, whether it was uh, Reddit or or, or um, Facebook group or something like that. But um, the person writing it was of Asian descent. And she's like, you know, if he were to bring this woman to a family dinner and she was acting like this, no one would like her. No one would accept her. It is not part of the culture to belittle and emasculate your husband. Um, uh, the mama would for sure hate her, <laughs> pray to whatever god they pray to and, and want her gone. So uh, it's no wonder um, he can't handle her because he's not used to this type of woman at all at all so um but i also agree with nate i don't i don't think whatever he's saying she was she wasn't she's not gonna listen yeah that's one thing i, d- I do agree you know
1: yeah, her like mind's already people, made up
0: it is she's done she's gone so
1: and she said as much that. she just wants to punish him at this point
0: Mm-hmm. yeah which is petty 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 um so mm Mm-mm-mm. All right, let's move on. Let's move on to some sunshine and rainbows, kitty cats, whatever else floats your belly. Teddy, uh, teddy bears, chocolate. <laughs> let's go to, oh, I guess for Lindy, it would be, uh, what was it? Champagne and sushi? <laughs> Wine and sushi. <laughs> let's go to Lindy and Miguel. Um, had a really good episode. They're really digging each other. Um, we start off with their visit with. Dr. Pepper, um, they greet her like Santa Claus with some milk and cookies, which I thought was really
1: funny. <laughs> Don't take that to therapy.
0: <laughs> no, 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 not at all. Um, Dr. Pepper is very aware of their status. She knows they're doing well, um, so she is there to help them get more, um, get deeper, have more profound conversations. Lindy brings up the fact that her thing is that she gets defensive, even with the little itty bitty things. She's cooking eggs. And somehow that went sideways when Miguel was trying to uh, help her with a certain step. And she got really, really defensive. Um, She says that comes from insecurity. It comes from like, she doesn't know what she's doing. She's, she's never been a wife. She's not much of a cook. and, And Dr. Pepper brings up the fact that it comes from, you know, her past. She fought really hard for her independence. So her reaction comes from somewhere deeper where she feels like she needs the control because that was what happened to her, you know, in her youth, it was out of her control, but she does have to differentiate what is control and what is help. She then asks if they have exchanged, I love you's yet. They both say no. And Dr. Pepper assures them that, you know, when they do say it, at some point you know that's going to feel like love but then 10 years from now they're going to know what love is and look back and say well that wasn't it because it grows over time miguel says when he does say it he's going to mean it it's not because it's a service or some sort of obligation and that's the end of that session with dr pepper kind of short and sweet compared to some (laughs) then we get to a swing dance lesson i know you had posted that usually these lessons don't go well (laughs) A la Vince from Atlanta.
1: A <laughs> la Michaela great. from Houston.
0: Oh yeah, I forgot about Michaela. That was really bad. Uh, but this one went well. Um, Lindy says that dancing represents freedom from her strict upbringing. They weren't allowed to dance in high school or college. And she thinks that Miguel needs to appreciate the freedom that she's obtained because it was really hard for her to get there. Then they start dancing. They look like they're having a good time, look like they're having fun. They're actually not bad, which is something I wasn't expecting since she's never danced.
1: Said <laughs> so she's a natural
0: She is a natural. Good for her. Um, She says it's empowering to dance. Um, Their first dance at the wedding was probably her first formal dance, which is like, wow to me. Um, She says it doesn't make any sense um, because there's a lot of dancing in the Bible. There's a lot of celebrating and dancing. And she doesn't know why her religion or her parents said that they couldn't dance. Um, And yeah, it just doesn't make any sense because it's really fun. And she's really happy doing it. Miguel asks if she's ever seen her parents dance and she says no, and she's never seen her parents drink either. Um, no pork, no seafood. Um, and at that point, Miguel raises his glass and says, okay, well cheers to different times. And Lindy says, cheers to wine and sushi. In an ITM, Miguel says that her childhood makes him sad, but she's come a really long way. They've both done the work, and they're both in a better place and can remove themselves from their challenging upbringing and their childhood. Back at the table, Lindy starts to read her childhood letter, and it sounds really sad. I didn't know she was sent to a boarding school.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, she said this was after, right after her parents got divorced. Uh, So she was about 13 or 14 and um, it goes a little like this. Uh, She says she's not sorry. She says she's not sorry because she's out of a toxic home situation. It was painful um, to be in a new situation, but she's making long life friends. Um, Her pain and fear will drive her to healthy outlets. You are exactly where you need to be and should be proud of where she's at. She says at that time period, it was a really, really strange transition And Miguel agrees with her and it makes him curious and he's eager to see how they raise their own children because they both come out of both of their situations really hardened, but not turned off by the idea of kids. So I thought that was really telling with Miguel because he's already got family and children on the mind. He's already in it with Lindy. Mm hmm. So this uh, recommitment ceremony looks like it's going to be a pretty positive one on them. And then it is Miguel's turn. He takes her to the House of Puerto Rico. He starts educating her and telling her about the rainforest and the beach. The beach sounds amazing. Um, He said you can see it clear to your toes, waist deep. That's awesome. Um, It's not like, you know, Corpus Christi or Galveston. (laughs) He says it's really important to share this part of his life because he wants, to, wants her to know about his culture. It's an integral part of his life and has shaped him. He wants her to know his past so that they can both have a future together. And he can't wait to take her to Puerto Rico um, so she can experience all these things firsthand. Um, he then goes into saying that this whole chapter was really different, some good, some bad. In New York, he got picked on for being Puerto Rican. And then when he moved to Puerto Rico, he got picked on for not knowing Spanish. So he does this thing where he goes into situations like his marriage, hoping for the best, but really expecting the worst. In an ITM, Lindy says she knows that Miguel has a lot of hurt in his past, so it's hard because he's so skeptical about um, their experience that they're having right now. Um, Then he reads his letter. He says... Dear little Miguel, you're going through so much shit, but stay strong. He wants to say that it gets better, and it does. But before it does, you'll suffer a bit. It break if it maybe it'll break you. Maybe it doesn't. It did me. But the from the ashes rise the phoenix. What didn't kill you made you stronger. The strongest. This is me at 35. Keep keeping wishful and hopeful to better times, cause they will come. I won't spoil the surprise. For you but keep on keep it on because one because you'll find a total babe with whom you'll fall madly in love with and then he tells her he loves her and she says it back and she's elated he could have said i love you i'm gonna murder you tomorrow and she still would have been like really happy because he said i love you <laughs> she was delirious um, and he says, it doesn't feel weird to say that he loves her because it was really organic and natural. And it's probably the easiest thing he's done in a relationship. And he said, first comes love and then comes marriage usually, but they did everything backwards. And then the producer says what comes after marriage. And he says a baby in a baby carriage. So again, he has babies on the brain and they're just, you know, all hearts and rainbows and lovey dovey.
1: Oh, yeah, okay, After <laughs> a month.
0: <laughs> but you also got to realize they're living together every day, all day. That's like a hundred dates and <laughs> that's the experiment That's the experiment. It's weird. It's weird. All right. How about some Kristen and Mitch?
1: These guys
0: man i was I'm surprised how much I like
1: mitch he's he's turning the corner.
0: He is like, he's becoming a big boy, (laughs) sharing his, sharing his deep thoughts with her. And I like that. And she loves it.
1: So they're sitting with Dr. Pepper. And right off the bat, she says that she knows that they've been having some friction. So she wants to know how they're managing it or not. Uh, She asked them to fill her in on what's been going on, even though she's supposed to have a full knowledge of what's been going on. (laughs) Kristen says that They started off very rocky because Mitch had been vocal about not feeling it in the beginning and she was trying to overcompensate for that and that in trying to please him and make him happy, ultimately she lost herself. And honestly, she doesn't want to do that anymore. She said that she's done walking on eggshells and Dr. Pepper says, well, she shouldn't have to. Uh, She needs to differentiate that from being her own self and seeking support from a partner. Uh, without having to tiptoe around. That's not good for a marriage, and it's not good for either one of them as individuals. She asks Kristen what it would take for her to feel like Mitch is really working and putting in what she's putting in, and she says that some there's some questions that she needs answered, like, do you still feel the way that you felt on day two of the honeymoon? Are you completely over that, or do you still wish you had a different wife? Also, is there a potential for love, basically? And Dr. Pepper says that there's a lot of demands in her question, and Mitch is not the kind of guy that does well with demands. And Kristen's like, well, he shouldn't have got married then, if (laughs) that's the case. Yep. Dr. Pepper says she thinks Mitch could be a good husband, but they have to figure out each other's language and each other's feelings. It's not about the question itself, it's about the feeling underneath it. And that's the part that Kristen needs to be showing to Mitch, that she's looking for a affection and support. And, you know, she doesn't feel like she's getting that. And if she were to express it that way, that might garner more of a response from Mitch. So Dr. Pepper asked Mitch if he admires and feels affection for Kristen, because he's been radio silent this entire time. He's just Mm -hmm. sitting there. And he says he does, but he probably doesn't say it enough or express it enough. So Dr. Pepper asks him to do so. Uh, He says he does admire her, He thinks that she's strong and he's grateful for her and for the way that she's approached this whole marriage situation because it is a lot. She's a lot more courageous because he's been skeptical. So he was doing things to protect himself because he was afraid. But she, on the other hand, has just been all in and been much more brave. Dr. Pepper picks up that one of Mitch's roadblocks is fear. And that he is critical to the point of being self-righteous when he feels threatened. Dr. Pepper says that that's something he definitely needs to work on. Dr. Pepper asks Kristen what she needs and she says that she wants to feel more validated. Dr. Pepper then asks Mitch if he wants to do everything that he can to see if there's a love there or if they can grow to love. And he says yes. And Dr. Pepper says if he really takes on the commitment and works through the fear, they could have a spark there and it could work out. But that was the end of their session.
0: I like Kristen because this whole conversation was like, fuck these eggshells. I'm letting it all out.
1: <laughs> so
0: I really like her.
1: She's not bad. I've seen worse. Yeah. Um, yes. So next we see them doing the like former self activity and Kristen is mm-hmm. taking Mitch to softball field. Uh, she says, you know, she was an athlete back in the day. So she spent a better part of the month trying to be the best possible wife and was losing herself. So now she wants to sh- share this side of herself because it's something that Mitch hasn't seen. So it cuts back to them throwing the ball around. Kristen says that she played softball, volleyball and track in school. And she asks Mitch if he played anything as he almost gets decked in the head with the ball. <laughs> and this is when we get an ITM where Kristen says, is Mitch the next Jackie Robinson? Like Really? Of all, that's not even a contemporary reference like of all the baseball players in the world that's who you pick
0: well because a lot of people wouldn't even know any contemporary but everybody knows Jackie Robinson that's a good reference I think
1: <laughs> right I'm, no
0: can you name a contemporary ball player Igby
1: Derek Jeter
0: mm-hmm. and he doesn't
1: even play anymore so a rod he also doesn't play anymore <laughs> uh mookie bit I don't even know so yes <laughs> let's see though. Oh, so then, yeah, that's when production sets up a troll of a bunch of shots of Mitch missing the ball. (laughs) Then Kristen says catching isn't his strong suit by any means, but he's okay at throwing. Then they show clips of him throwing the ball either too short or too far while she's trying to bat. And then she says that he did a decent job running the bases. So overall, he's going to get a B minus.
0: That's generous.
1: He didn't even have like real sneakers on.
0: What do you have?
1: I don't know. Some off-brand granola recycled material shit, I'm sure. Because <laughs> I was definitely trying to figure it out. I'm like, what are those? <laughs> Skechers? Ugh, sorry to Sketcher wears.
0: <laughs> you know what? My husband loves their work boots. This is their the most comfortable boots. He's had red wings. He's had cat. He's cut all kinds of work boots and sketchers believe it or not are his favorite most comfortable
1: okay that gets a pass because it's practical this is not just fashion (laughs) like he's not wearing them because he thinks they're cute
0: no not at all
1: (laughs) uh anyway
0: wait what i have a problem with is when he's wearing them as casual wear because they're so comfortable so he'll wear them at who work and then change into shorts and then take him and his work boots and his shorts to, like, H-E-B. And I'm like, we need to stop that. (laughs) It's not cute. (laughs) But he don't care.
1: Obviously. (laughs) Um, But they sit down on the bench, and Kristen says that the field really brings back uh, childhood memories. She doesn't have negative memories, but emotional ones. She says her parents were really hard on her, and she wasn't allowed to make mistakes. Like, if she were to strike out in a game, she was going to get a talking to and it was going to start like in the car on the way home.
0: How good.
1: Yeah. She says that it was more pressure from her mom than her dad, but it didn't stop at the baseball or softball field. It was in all aspects of life. She says in high school, it it came to a point where her parents decided it was time for her to get a job. And because of her schedule and all of that going on, there wasn't going to be enough time to both play sports and hold down a job while in school yeah so she chose to keep her job Uh, mitch tries to make a real estate joke in there but Kristen doesn't even acknowledge it (laughs) but she says she definitely regrets keeping the job instead of continuing with sports yeah Uh, she says looking back she wishes she had more time just to be a kid which i think we all feel that way
0: Mm -hmm. that's that's one thing i appreciate about my parents they would not let us get jobs they're like i think they let us try it for like a season But they're like, why? You're going to work literally the rest of your life.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) Soak it in. And I feel bad about um, her. Like, because, you know, I experienced that. I played softball all my life pretty much. And my dad is a coach. So at first he was really trying to like, you know, like a real coach, like for school, not these volunteer coaches. So he would really try and uh, talk about everything about the game. And at a certain point, he just gave up with me because he was just like, she she don't give a shit. (laughs) He'd be yelling at me from the stands and I'd be like, hi. (laughs) It's like, oh my God, I'm going to stop talking. So my dad never did that, which I appreciate because that would have been super annoying and super stressful for a kid. Oh my gosh.
1: Yeah, she said that she had so much pressure on her to be the best that it was hard, that it's hard to turn off now, even as an adult Mm. and even in her relationships now. Uh, so she said it was triggering for Dr. Pepper to call her demanding because she knows it's true. Ooh. She says that she's trying to listen to the feedback and she asked him to let her know when she's doing it. Uh, but now he knows where all of this stems from. Yeah. Um, Mitch says this you know, kind of lifestyle sounds hard and that he had the total opposite in his upbringing. He had a <laughs> large margin for error and didn't play sports or get great grades. He didn't have structure at all. And Kristen says, well, now that makes sense why we have so many disagreements. But yeah, that's where that ends. And then I have another note about Mitch's shoes. (laughs) You know how I feel about my shoes. I know. I know it's an issue for you. (laughs) Uh, So the next time we see them, they're back at the apartment. And Mitch says he's reached out to his mom to get some pictures from his childhood. And they're all spread across the bed. Uh, the first picture we see is of him, his mom and his brother, right after their parents got divorced back in 83, 84, before my time. (laughs) Uh, he says that he wants to show her these pictures so that she can have a better insight of who he is. He knows that there are some things that Kristen respects about him and really likes, but there's also stuff that she doesn't. And he wants her to have more content, more context on why he is the way he is and why he acts the way he does, um. The next picture he shows her is of the living room after an earthquake. He says him and his brother were living with his dad in Sherman Oaks at the time. And this, I think he said it was in 94. um, And there was this giant earthquake that basically ruined their house. He said that him and his brother had bunk beds and he almost, well, it fell on him, but not enough to crush him, but enough to cause a panic. He says the earthquake was going on and his dad was trying to run towards them and you know, get him and his brother to safety like a, he saw him like a true hero in that moment. And at that point we get a voiceover where Mitch says that his dad passed away in January of 2014 and that it was really hard for him. He says he feels bad that his dad isn't here anymore. um, And, you know, doesn't get to experience this part of his life. He would have ultimately liked Kristen and he hopes that his dad would be proud of the decisions that he's made in his life. we see more pictures of Mitch and his dad from his, like, teenage years. I know on Twitter I said he was giving me John Hughes vibes, like he could have <laughs> been straight up out of Pretty in Pink. <laughs> he was giving very much late 80s, early 90s. Yep. I saw someone else say on Reddit that he was giving um, young Heath Ledger vibes, too. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. I was like, yeah, especially in that one. He had a particular picture where he had long, like, shoulder-length hair. Mm-hmm. And he had a hat. And I was like, okay, I see it. He had some good hair. Too bad it I went. Uh, Kristen says that it's really nice to see Mitch's dad because he talks about him all the time, but she's never seen a photo. And yeah. Mitch says it's funny that you can't help but run down memory lane. He says when he was looking at the photos with his mom, she asked. he asked her about when he started to become more rebellious after the divorce. And he said that she kind of has a story uh, about how, His dad left on Saturday, and by Monday, he was already getting into trouble at school. (laughs) It took one weekend (laughs) for him to flip. And he says that he was a total troublemaker as a kid. Him and the other latchkey kids would go around terrorizing the neighborhood. He almost got left behind a grade because he was failing his classes, and he just did not have any structure at all. He didn't have any discipline or respect. He always thought what he knew was best, and it's not. And because of that, he thinks that he rejected a lot of help. In an ITM, Kristen says that they've had high highs and low lows and that she wished she would have known where he came from and how he grew up during those low lows because now it all makes sense. She would have been more patient because this particular experience has created a soft spot where there wasn't one before. So now she's getting tender on on Mitch.
0: Yeah. You know, when she said that, you know, I was like, you know, this is, she's absolutely right. Why wouldn't they, this be one of their first exercises when they get back from honeymoon so they know where they're coming from and where, you know, when they do get in arguments, they can figure out, okay, it's because of this, it's because of that. That would have been, if if they really want to stop people from saying this is just, you know, a shit show and nobody, like, they're running into problems with Denver casting because nobody wants to be on it because they're being exploited, right? Because they're setting up with matches that don't work. Now, if they want to combat that in any way, why wouldn't they do everything they can, even though they're obviously mismatched, at least they'd know why they do certain things. Why wouldn't they do that the first... the first exercise that would make complete sense
1: Uh, because it's more important to have a housewarming party and make scrapbooks together stupid (laughs) whatever that's like i saw a post on reddit where people and i totally agree with this like we even hear nate say he hasn't seen dr pepper since matchmaking phase like why do they why are they not getting therapy or speaking with the experts during this process instead of like these scheduled um, uh, like uh, commitment not commemorative, but uh, like on these on these scheduled occasions, like yeah, they should definitely be talking to them more. Like, how are they halfway through and you haven't seen the expert yeah, since before I, you got married?
0: I I thought yeah that this was gonna be like a week. I thought for sure like what we didn't see was just like the weekly sessions because people always like the cast members afterwards are like oh yeah we talk all the time with Pastor Cal oh yeah we talk all- really do you?
1: exactly fill me in on what's been happening the last month i thought mm-hmm. you were supposed to know mm-hmm. i don't know
0: they did nate and sasha did speak with pastor cow but yeah that that that's true too like since the matchmaking process that's pretty bad
1: so next we get a short clip of them on what mitch calls the tomb raider tour 2022 uh and they're at his <laughs> father's grave site it's terrible <laughs> i know even she was like oh my god i can't believe he said that Mitch says that it's been a long time since he's been there and he's happy to bring Kristen with him to visit. Uh, we get a voiceover from Mitch, along with some more photos of his family and his dad. And he says, again, that he just wants to make him proud. Uh, he says that it's good for him to be there at the gravesite. He thinks his dad, again, would love Kristen because she's a spicy one. And he wishes that he could have seen them get married because he would have gotten a kick out of it. So that was a little sweet moment for them to share and just when you think it can't get deeper we see them having another evening at the beach and they're gonna read their childhood letters to each other okay did you notice that mitch did not have shoes he
0: was at the beach
1: but like he didn't have them at all like she had shoes that she she had sandals that she took off he never had shoes period like (laughs) and they don't live close to the beach i looked it up So I'm like, did you leave them in the car? Did you ever have them? It (laughs) weirded me out.
0: Let's just say they're in the car. And he was okay with walking on asphalt before getting on the beach. And she was not. It was (laughs) weird.
1: In her letter to her younger self, Kristen says, basically, she was putting too much on her plate and taking on a lot of responsibility, which um, was making her grow up too fast. It's okay to not be perfect. Just try to see the beauty in yourself and others. It's okay to have high expectations and standards, but also give yourself some grace. You know, Mitch says this is good advice for any time in your life. And Kristen says that it felt good for her to write it. And now it's time for him to read his letter. And he says, first of all, he can't give too many details because he doesn't want to uh, disrupt the timeline. <laughs> but... You know, he's not a dragon slayer or a starship captain, but he does do work that makes a difference and he still gets to stick it to the man every day. Uh, Then the next part of his letter, he talks about being an outsider and not feeling accepted. At this point, Mitch is really getting emotional. He's breaking up while he's reading his letter. Yeah. Uh, He says it sucks, but there's no way to get around it. It's important. It's important for him to be himself and embrace who he is. His strength is that he can chart his own path and this is the exact quality that makes people around him admire him. So it's important for him to stay true to himself even when it's difficult. He says might feel isolated at times, but it's okay to be different. Um and it's not that well, he says it's okay to be himself and it's not because he's different, but it's because he hasn't learned how to process his emotions, and confide in people that he trusts. He says if he could change something about his adult life, he wishes he would have found that path sooner. At this point, they're both crying.
0: Yeah. And
1: they end up hugging it out. Kristen says this is a side of Mitch that she has never seen before and that she had been harboring anger with him about how they started. And after this exercise, she doesn't feel that anger anymore. She's let go of that, um... So her tears are tears of joy. Yeah, she says that she can't believe something that started out so rocky has really blossomed into an incredible marriage, and hopefully they continu- can can continue on that way. So yeah, who would have thunk? Not me. <laughs> Not me either.
0: <laughs> Although it looks like they're having problems in the next episode because they they ain't they're sexy time. They're not smashing for some reason. I don't know why. They seem to be vibing. I know. Especially.
1: Who knows on this show? Who knows? I know. The wind um, can blow wrong and it almost goes to hell. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right. Let's go to my least favorite couple, Justin and Alexis. There is like a brief scene with them. I didn't even write any notes about it. Um, kind of concluding the dinner scene from last episode where they both recognize that they have problems that they're speaking two different languages and they need to come together because how did they get here kind of thing um but yeah next we see them with dr pepper justin towers over dr pepper (laughs) and they both kind of have a laugh about that they're both Um, on opposite ends yeah teeny She is tiny.
1: Because even Alexis is quite a bit taller than her.
0: Yes. (laughs) But Dr. Pepper's like, yeah, you're like a normal tall. (laughs) So they all sit down. Justin immediately starts crying and can't even tell us why. Um, And Alexis starts explaining that Maya, his dog, that we haven't heard about for a bit, is not progressing in doggy jail. She's really inconsistent and attacks um, randomly. The trainer doesn't even think that Justin should pick her up. So she's going to stay on the farm and
1: work, whatever that means. What the hell kind of place is this? I don't know.
0: What kind of what kind of work can an inconsistent dog do? Like, you can't put it around livestock if it's attacking everything. <laughs>
1: That's yeah, what I, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't get this.
0: Mm. I know somebody brought up, like, he probably just told that trainer, keep... I don't keep her and don't don't do anything (laughs) i'm gonna come get her one day (laughs) so then um alexis brings up how justin has always made these kind of defeatist statements like it's too late how are we gonna catch up to this and she said that she didn't want to hurt anymore so she just decided to forgive and ever since that she has done that they've been doing a lot better Dr. Pepper asks what they need for themselves to say yes on decision day. Justin said that he felt really isolated at the dinner party, and now he knows how Alexis feels, so he can understand her better. He saw how dominant she was and forgot how sensitive she actually is. And Dr. Pepper asked if she thinks that she is a sensitive person, if Alexis thinks she's a sensitive person. And Alexis says she doesn't really dwell in that place. She said she grew up with strong black women You don't let people see you sweat. Um, She's never even seen her mom cry. Growing up strong means not crying, not being weak, not showing that side. Vulnerability is a danger to her. It's a power that scares her. Dr. Pepper says that letting someone really know who you are and letting someone see all your imperfections, letting someone in takes strength. That's what makes you strong. She wants to help her feel that it's okay to feel and to which Alexis says that she's working on it. So anything to say? (laughs)
1: No, (laughs) no. (laughs) Like, okay, sure.
0: Well, I was just curious for, you know, you are black. Do you, does that resonate with you? <laughs> does that resonate with you? Her feelings on that? Cause I, as a Hispanic woman, I've never seen, the only time I've seen my mom cry was at her parents' funeral. And that is it. I've never, ever seen her cry, but she never, for, I cry at commercials. So <laughs> she's never said, don't cry, don't cry or anything like that. So that's not part of our culture, but I was just wondering, no. That's all the Alexis' family issue? Mm-hmm. Okay. Just, just checking. I was just curious. So next we see Justin take Alexis to the park where he hung out in his youth. He said his brother raised him. He would go out there and fly kites and zone out. He said when he moved there from Alabama, it was the first time getting exposed to the world. His brother was 19, raising a 13-year-old, which sounds crazy to me. Um, And it wasn't, like, a great thing either because he was terrible at school. He had bad grades, had bad behavior. So he probably gave his brother um, a lot of grief at 19 years old. Um, Yeah, she asked
1: how. Well, I thought it was funny mm -hmm. on Twitter. Somebody thought that this kite business was all a euphemism for smoking weed. And then I once know. I saw them with the kite, I was like, "Maybe." <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's really funny. <laughs> I have no idea.
1: I don't. Uh, I don't either. But I thought it was weird. Just like Alexis, like that's a strange hobby for a teen <laughs> to have.
0: It is strange, but flying a kite is fun. I, I mean, I do it every time I'm at the beach. No matter how old I am.
1: But it would be weird if you were like a 15-year-old boy in an apartment complex, every (laughs) day flying. Flying (laughs) kites. Yeah, maybe so.
0: (laughs) I was trying to give him the benefit of the doubt.
1: I'm trying to even think the last time I, outside of, at the beach, I saw someone flying a kite anywhere. This is true. I don't even Uh, know where you'd buy a kite. Walmart?
0: Yeah. Walmart, Target. Amazon. (laughs) H-E-B. They all have kites. I've never seen a kite. at Yeah, in the summertime, in the little summer section. I got this really cute micro kite. It was like literally this. You can't, of course, everybody else can't. (laughs) Anyway. So Alexis then asked how this experience made him grow. And he said that his brother would just always tell him to figure it out. So he learned that no one would do things for him, that he should just always just figure it out for himself. Alexis says that's why he shuts down and doesn't ask for help. He was always told to figure it out. So it helps her understand why they don't think the same way or have the same perspective on things. And then she brings up the kites and um, yeah, he's like, yeah, I, you know, haven't flown one in 10 years. Um, So, and she's like, so you were 23 and flying kites. Oh, I mean, I was 16. And she's like, okay, (laughs) the
1: math isn't math. (laughs) So he he doesn't even. Flying kites.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And then they fly the kite and it gets stuck in the tree. Next, we see um, Alexis has brought Justin to the basketball court they're playing basketball she 's wearing an inappropriate bra for playing basketball. Her boobies almost fall out. Um, she wanted to bring him there because basketball has always been important to her. She wants him to grasp that the tomboy she wants him to grasp the tomboy side of her He's seen her all dressed up, but she also farts and burps there's more to being a tomboy than being nasty though she nasty. <laughs>
1: Oh, I don't like her.
0: <laughs> she wins, and Justin says that she has some skills. And then, of course, she brings out a pile of scrapbooks. She shows all her pictures and accolades, and Justin says he's never had any of that kind of stuff. But she looks like a cute nerd, which she kind of takes offense to. She has played basketball since she was seven and, but she hasn't played in years, but it's a big part of her life. She said basketball taught her that if you put in the hard work, even in a marriage, the results are what you want them to be. And Justin says he loves that about her. Then she reads her letter, which she has titled Bag Lady. She has biologically inherited her mother's lips, hips, and hyper-independence. One day, she walked into her apartment, struggling with all her bags of groceries, and she called out to her roommate in frustration um, to help And her roommate basically said, you never asked for help. So I stopped uh, asking if you needed help. She recognized that she didn't have to do everything on her own and sought to facilitate environments where people could ask for help as seemingly mystical as the mythical characters that comforted her to sleep. So she says she's trying to break that cycle of hyper-independence. It's what she saw and what she knows. Um, Yeah. And she says, in the past her she always got her own way she compares that to basketball you can't you can do things on your own on the court but at the end of the day would you win so she has to take that change that perspective she says that if she could tell her childhood self anything it would be to be soft you can be soft and you can be strong and that's where we end they're so annoying
1: very much so I
0: don't like them at
1: all no
0: (laughs) all right how about stasha and nate
1: the twin? the twins so they're meeting with dr pepper and um oh did you notice they had matching outfits
0: i think this is going to be their thing going forward they want to coordinate be the power couple
1: so the first thing dr pepper asks is how has or what has been getting in their way in terms of feeling like they're getting everything out of their marriage stasha says that they've Struggled with the fact that she likes to move quickly and is very sure about what she wants. But Nate is a little bit slower. Uh, Dr. Pepper says that Stasha needs to realize that she didn't marry herself. (laughs) She's entitled in wanting that because that's who she is. But you can't ask for somebody to give in the same way, in the same style as you because you're going to be disappointed. Uh, Not everybody works the same.
0: Which we have seen.
1: Right. (laughs) Nate says that they have stimulating conversations, but he's definitely more concise into the fact, uh, more matter of fact, than she is. And Dr. Pepper kind of backs him up and tells Stasha that he's never been in a household where he's discussing things the way women do. I I didn't like this. I was like, what is that supposed to mean? Well...
0: No, I mean, that's, I mean,
1: I get what she means, but eh.
0: yeah, I mean, think about it. How do you think his conversations with his, you know, military black dad in a household where there was no women present until his stepmom? like, what are those conversations like? It doesn't sound like very lively or um open, right? I
1: guess <laughs> I'm
0: just saying she has a point,
1: but Dr. Pepper says that they both need to actively listen. She suggests that Nate ask more questions so that Stasha knows that he's listening and thinking about what she's saying. Nate actually asks Stasha if she feels like he's reciprocating uh, and asking those kinds of questions when they speak. And she says he is now. Dr. Pepper then brings up them having disagreements. Stasha says that when they do have disagreements or arguments, she kind of looks at him with concern because she's never seen him act like that before. And then they show the little clip of his tantrum. And the, if you want emotions, here they are scene. (laughs) Dr. Pepper says that she understands where Stasha's coming from and tells Nate that one thing he can do is reassure her that even though he's mad, he's not going anywhere. The last piece of advice that Dr. Pepper gives them is that they hold hands when they're having a tough discussion. And Stasha freaks out because she says her mom said the exact same thing. (laughs) So, you know, I always say if two people say something, it's true. So there might be some wisdom In this advice, Uh, she asked them to hold hands at that point during the session and ask if they feel more connected. Uh, They say yes. And Dr. Pepper says that when they have a tough discussion, if they hold hands, it'll change the way that they talk. It'll help them remember that they're a team addressing a problem, not individuals or that either one of them is the problem. They are working as a team to find a solution. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then Dr. Pepper gets a little bit more personal and asks about how things are going in the intimacy department, and they confirm that they've been getting down with the kids. Down, you know. <laughs> we are not surprised. We are not surprised. Well, they were only a hop, skip, and a jump away <laughs> before.
0: This is true, but I think the, the "I love yous" or whatever uh, from month anniversary sealed the deal.
1: Ciao. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Dr. Pepper says that it should make them feel more secure in their marriage, and Stasha agrees. Uh, Dr. Pepper says that sex is great without love, but amazing with it, and Stasha agrees with that as well. (laughs) Okay, girl. So, next we see them at the fireplace, and they're doing the letters to self-exercise. Stasha says, Dear Stasha, aka Sweet Pea, uh, once she gets into her letter, basically she's saying that Childhood, uh, her childhood's gonna be rough. There's a lot of movement around. She has trouble making friends, but she shouldn't be worried about that because not fitting in is what makes her stand out and be on her own. Um, She talks about being picked on and stuff like that, but she says that's part of growing up. She says to her high school self that that's when she starts growing into a woman and she needs to stay strong. It's okay to challenge authority. That's what's going to set her up for her future. Uh, Nate reads his letter, which was stupid vague. Both of them were like, uh, this was a waste of an activity. But Nathan reads his letter and basically talks about his struggles in moving back to the States and being different. He says that he should embrace that and not let his family or friends influence him. He also mentions controlling his temper because that gets him into trouble. Um, he encourages his younger self to break out of his introverted ways. Also to focus on studies because he has the ability to bend the universe and command it. Okay. We believe in ourselves, don't we? <laughs> uh, he also says that uh, he should listen to his inner voice. And that was basically the gist of his letter. Astasha uh, yeah. asked him how it was to write that. And Nate says that it was interesting because since he was a little kid, he's always felt different because he wasn't the typical American boy. He was the weird European black kid with the short shorts on. <laughs> uh, he says that in high school, his freshman year, he was very quiet because of his dad's divorce and the fact that he was just awkward. So he tended to stay to himself. Sasha says that she was shy as a young lady herself. She wasn't one of the cool kids. She ate lunch by herself. It just like didn't happen that way for her. So in an ITM, Stasha says that she's really surprised how deep Nate was going because he was really sharing a lot and she feels like he's finally communicating with her and it's at a level she didn't think was possible for him. He didn't even say anything (laughs) for real, (laughs) but she says she's been waiting for this moment and is really excited to see what the future holds.
0: Uh, To me, I thought this was interesting uh, because we do talk to her on, but you know, her sitting alone, like, uh, because I have been in the team all from you know second grade to high school and when you're on a team you don't sit by yourself like i don't believe she was not in a group where she was eating by herself and her being as pretty as she has always been there's no way there's no way she's sitting by herself at lunch i think she was just saying that's my opinion but she
1: said it a few times
0: i don't think so Mm -mm. i just i know how team clicks are and if you saw another team member sitting by themselves, you you would go sit with
1: them. Like, that's just,
0: that's the mentality. I don't know. Maybe it's different for volleyball, but
1: I don't think so. I wouldn't know either way. <laughs> I, like Mitch, did not play the group sports. <laughs> well, I did when I was little, little, but not like in school.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: But anyways. So Nate takes Dasha back to his old neighborhood. Um, you know, they go by his old house. He talks about his friend that lived across the street. He says that they lived in the neighborhood for about five years when he was nine and after his dad got divorced they moved to an apartment and that's when he started high school state state nate says (laughs) he wants stasha to understand who he is and how he thinks and perceives life it would be a disservice to them if she didn't understand that so stasha asked him about some of his memories in the neighborhood And Nate says that his dad wasn't super strict. So he was able to hang out with the other kids and stuff. Uh, They had a lot of good times. He talks about an instance where his friend Jeff bet him he couldn't throw a rock over a house. And of course, Nate took him up on that bet and ended up breaking somebody's window. (laughs) And I said, of course, Nate was a little badass kid being a menace Mm -hmm. in the damn neighborhood. Of course. Um, But Nate says he never got caught. And that's when his dad showed up. And they're catching him up on the conversation. They tell him about the whole rock story. And Nate's dad's like, yeah, there's a lot of sneaky things going on that I didn't <laughs> know about then, but I'm hearing about later on now. <laughs> and that he's had some confrontations with people over Nate. Um, Nate-
0: he's probably defending his son to the end. And here he is causing, <laughs> causing all kinds of mischief.
1: Right. That's why Nate, at this, he's trying to blow it off. And it's like, no, no, you know, kids will be kids. That's what happens. It's normal you know kids get into trouble and fight and whatever that's just how it is but he does assure us that he does have hands though so if you want to catch the fair one you can (laughs) uh oh and did you catch stasha throwing the dad card yes not joe not mr barnes but dad Mm -hmm. so this is the second time she throws it um she did she called him dad when he first approached Um, and then she was about to in this case ask him a question so she's like so dad and she's like looking at Nate and like holding on to him for like (laughs) dear life i was like oh man if this man were to be like that's mr barnes to you she probably (laughs) would have been so butthurt
0: maybe he told because some people like that right off the bat i know my i think my mother-in-law you can call me mom i'm like no, Thank have you. Them all. <laughs> have you. one. Thank you. But some people like that. Um, I do not.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm not a fan. Ugh, that's just like friggin' Justin and Alexis babying each other today. Oh to my
0: death. gosh! Babe, yeah, baby, that. but babe,
1: baby, baby, babe, baby. Like, stop. They irk me so bad. Mm-hmm. Cannot stand them. Uh, but anyway, back to Nate and Stasha. Um, she asked. Uh. Mr. Barnes. uh Well, she says that Nate speaks so highly of him, and it was probably hard for him as a single dad to, you know, raise Nate. Does he have any siblings? No, right?
0: Mm-mm.
1: Not that we know of, rather. Not
0: that we know of. I don't. I didn't hear anything about any step siblings or any. Because I know, mm-hmm. I know he had, and then they're
1: divorced. So. Oh. So Stasha asked him, "How did you do it? How were you able to get through it, basically?" And then. Nate's dad gets a little choked up, which I did not expect. Me neither. He seemed like totally emotionless at the wedding. Like it was, he seemed like totally checked out to me. Yeah. So to see him get choked up was interesting. Um, he says that people would tell him that they commend him for doing what he was doing. And he says, you know, I was just doing, it's my responsibility. These are my kids. The... Yeah. It wasn't going to be any other way. Like I'm their father and I'm going to raise them. So it was easy to him basically and then to sully this tender moment stasha decides to use the hem of nathan's shirt to wipe her tears and boogers on (laughs) because she's crying too at this point like and she's wiping to the point to get foundation on his black (laughs) t-shirt and regardless nathan says that he really appreciates his dad and They hug it out. He says that this is the first time he's ever seen him cry. He says his dad grew up a certain way. He's from, you know, big family in the South, went straight into the military at 18. So he's kind of been hard, you know, his whole life. So emotions aren't a normal thing for him. Mr. Barnes says this isn't the first time that he's teared up. Normally he's able to hide it. And, you know, where he's from, like Nate said, you're taught to be tough. Crying is not part of that. And he tried to pass that down to Nate, so that's when Stasha says, "Well, Nate had brunch with my family after the wedding, and they were asking about characteristics that he inherited from you, and Nate got emotional about it, so he can break too <laughs> she says uh, stasha says that talking to Nate's dad really confirms why he is the way he is. he thinks she thinks they Oh, she thinks that Nate is doing a great job at articulating his feelings and processing his emotions and that he doesn't have to hide it anymore. It's all okay. She says she feels like they're able to connect at a deeper level and that's going to be useful for their future. So in the next clip, finally, we see Stasha take Nathan to her old neighborhood. She says her mom was in school and worked a lot. So her and her siblings were latchkey kids too. They did a lot of stuff on their own she talked about having to like walk by herself miles to school every day which seems kind of wild but <laughs> happens um stasha says that she comes from humble beginnings and that's why she's so ambitious she wants to be able to live a comfortable life she wants to have a life where she can share that with her family and has the time to do so she does not plan on working 24 7 7 days a week so she's trying to get And she said this before, you know, her belief in generational wealth and all that. She's trying to get all that set up ASAP. Mm -hmm. So it cuts back to them at the complex and she tells Nate about a side hustle she had as a teenager where she was making these embroidered jean purses for all the (laughs) other girls at school. And Nate was like, oh, you was out here trapping, trapping. Okay, I see you. You was flipping that (laughs) shit. No, sir, you were trapping, trying to sell your knockoff fake (laughs) handbags. Stasha had a legitimate business where she was making personalized product herself. There's a (laughs) difference. But nonetheless, that's music to his ears because they're both hustlers. And, you know, he wants to be hashtag power couple. And then we get a voiceover of him saying exactly that. (laughs) Uh, Then after that, she takes him over to the Minto's house. Uh, We learned before that Stasha basically was like emancipated like her last year of high school. Mm-hmm. because she didn't want to move um, away from her school. So we get to the house with the family she stays with. She says that she's known Deanna, her friend, since first grade. So we see Deanna and her parents, and they all get introduced. They sit down, and Stasha explains that volleyball is really how they got there. She says she knew Deanna for as long as she'd lived in the area, and that her parents had bought a house in IE, which is the Inland Empire, if you don't know or you don't live in California. Um, basically, it's like, it's. I, I feel like it's closer to L.A. Um, and then, if, as it implies, it's more inland. Um, so it would have been like a pretty big move yeah. had she gone. Um, so this is when Robin, who is uh, Deanna's mom, when she found this out, that's when she stepped in and said that Stasha could live with their family for the rest of the school year. And Stasha says it's meant a lot to her because it meant that somebody was really looking out for her. Robin says that Stasha is just like another child to them. They treat her the same as they do their daughter and their son. She's just there in the mix. Mm -hmm. Nate says, you know, he can feel the good vibes and the good energy in the house, which is awesome. And then he asks them how Stasha was in high school. Dave, Papa Dave or Papa Mento says um, he has a story where he was home uh, on a Friday night and he sees Stasha all dressed up and he asks her what's going on. She says that she has a date. So they're talking and then they hear a honk in the driveway and Stasha jumps up to go out the door. And Dave is like, oh no, ma'am, we do not respond to the honking of the horn. If a boy wants to take you on a date, he needs to bring his ass to the door and ring that doorbell or knock on that door like someone with some sense. And he says that eventually the guy did, um, you know, come to the door and pick her up properly. And not only that, he also had her back 30 minutes early. (laughs) Uh, In a voiceover, Stasha says that Papa Minto really showed her a uh, a loving father and a loving husband and really taught her to respect herself. He was also a protector. And these are all things that she wants out of her marriage. So that's the example she's going by. Uh, But that was basically it for them.
0: Yeah. They had a good episode.
1: They did. So when is the Stasha and Nate uh, purse line going to start coming out?
0: <laughs> right? I feel like that
1: is probably going to be a thing. <laughs> I wish I could see one of these purses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what does a jean purse look like? With your does, name embroidered on does it. Does it
0: have a pocket? Does the backside of the jean?
1: Maybe. Oh, I thought the front pocket.
0: Mm, maybe. I was thinking you that. The cause
1: you can stick possibilities something. are endless. <laughs>
0: I don't know. It sounds like she did good selling them. So <laughs> somebody wanted them. I guess. <laughs> All right. Let's go to our DOA last couple, Ben and Morgan. They still have a session with Dr. Pepper for some reason. And they're waiting for her in silence. So that's super healthy and on to a good start. Um, in a voiceover, Morgan says she still wants this to work out, but doesn't know where Ben is and doesn't think he knows the damage that he's done. Pretty sure he's aware at this point. Um, Dr. Pepper arrives and asks Ben, you know, tell me about your part, what happened? And he said he thought he was coming in with no expectations, but he did have some expectations and they ended up being like super judgmental, which he knows damaged their relationship. He was afraid of talking to her, so he turned to Justin and then he lied to her when, um, He knows it was wrong and he takes complete responsibility for. Dr. uh, Pepper points out that she thinks that he's overwhelmed. He saw a wife in his world rather instead of a wife being his best friend. He excluded the possibility of her being in those conversations and then went elsewhere with them. She then asked Morgan, you know, what's her side? And she has looked back and thought if she could have created a safe space for Ben. But it's hard to think like that when she gave him a clean slate, which is what he did, and then see what he did with it. It's hard for her to trust when his actions have proven him untrustworthy. Dr. Pepper says that he needs to understand trust is an important part of marriage. Um, you know, to to work things out with his partner first before turning to somebody outside. She then tells them about the childhood letter exercise, and she thinks that it's going to be a good exercise, a powerful one, and hopes that they can progress from there. And it doesn't. Uh, (laughs) And we get to that childhood letter time, and, uh, you know, Ben is ready. Ben seems hopeful and really proud of his letter. Um, He thinks that This might be the last chance to make this work. He knows the walls are still up and she has every way, every right to feel how she feels. And he starts reading his letter. You are loved even when you question it. The strict environment is what your parents thought was the only way. Know that it was out of love and loyalty. You are more than your grades and your accolades. It's disheartening to feel like you are not good enough, but I promise you are. This is something you struggle with. You'll look to others to feel your worth, but learn to love who you are. Stop looking for your next goal. Start living in the moment you are alive and never take for granted. And he smiles and then like just nods his chin, like, yeah, that was good, right? Your turn.
1: Good old and Bimbo Ben.
0: Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. And she's she's like, Nope, I'm not gonna read my letter. She's not comfortable reading her a letter because whenever he she opens up, it's used against her or shared with someone else. So she doesn't feel comfortable sharing anything personal or deep with him. Anymore. She then gets up, gets her stuff, he goes into the other room, and she leaves. And that's the episode. Yikes. Yowza. So bad. So cringe. People were really pissed about that. They were really mad she didn't even share her. What do you think?
1: I don't care. Like, why are, they, why are you still here?
0: Yeah, I mean, if she felt that passionate about why why even come saying you know what i'm really done done
1: and then as we see next week dr pia is back Mm -hmm. and that session looks like it's a hot mess
0: yeah she's like going after ben hard i think he gets it now (laughs) it's just too late it's too late this is done
1: i don't i don't know how How are they going to continue to drag this on? I know I'm so over their storyline.
0: I really am. Okay. Well, that's the show. Thanks so much for joining us. Come back next week. We will cover episode 12. I can't believe it's already 12. But uh, again, if you have any cheese meh, go ahead and send it to our Instagram at cheese mcqueens podcast and on twitter at cheese mcqueens igby live tweets every wednesday um, for the episode so go ahead and join her there because it is a good time igby you got anything else She's shaking your head again this is a podcast words are needed
1: that was a callback
0: (laughs) don't forget to rate review and subscribe so other cheese mosas can find us and yeah that's it bye see ya